Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. If this is where you want to be, then this is where you'll stay. How's it going, troopers? And welcome back to Watch Club. My name is CT0831, but uh, again, you can call me Hugs. Uh, and this is our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch Episode 2, titled Cut and Run. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series. Kind of like a book club, but like way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode, uh, be sure to do so and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we run away and have kids with a Twi'lek, uh, which doesn't sound too bad, <laughs> let me introduce you to our experimental crew of ragtag troopers. First up, he's taller than a Jawa, smaller than a Jabba, and as entertaining as Jar Jar. He's CT1231, also known as Edit. Reporting for duty. There you are. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and we are nerds. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and rounding out, uh, you know, and rounding out our small battalion, we have the dopest, dankest dude on Dagobah, CT1006, but you can call him Joints. Reporting for duty. <laughs> there he is. Barely getting that toke off. Um, <laughs> welcome back, troopers. Um, I mean, it feels like we were just doing this just a second ago. Kind of does, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> Getting these episodes back to back. Um, Stoked to have you guys along for the ride. Uh, Before we dive into the episode uh, and and kind of give our our deep level thoughts, um, let's do some high level thoughts. Uh, Justin, let's start with you this time. Yeah, I think this uh, this felt like a Clone Wars episode. Uh, Pretty standard. Uh, It was returned to form and structure of what we can anticipate for probably the remainder of these half hour episodes. or at least most of them, I think. Most of them, I guess. But I think that, yeah. you know, like the one thing I've always enjoyed about the format of, you know, when, when they started finding their their grounds in, in season two and, and moving forward, even into Rebels, is that they had like these these chunks of a season where it's like four or five episodes were very narrative-based, like they, they focused on something. And then yes. they had filler episodes. Maybe this was more of a filler episode, but it kind of felt like it could be something a little bit more meaningful. Uh, it was still integral in the sense that it, it allowed us to see some of the, the growth and development in the relationships. Yes. It was a very character-focused episode rather than narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Darcy joins. Uh, I have to agree with him. It's very filler. It kind of felt slow at points. Uh, a lot less slow, uh, slower compared to the last action-packed episode, of course. Uh yeah, it felt kind of like your, your typical uh, story of like, you know, adopting or taking a young one underneath your wing and like, it, should I do this or and stuff like that. So it kind of felt like you're a typical story along those uh, that vein. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. It's just uh, I'm looking forward to more in the in the season. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I think we all kind of expected a bit of a dip, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was slower pace, not much happened. But like, like, listen, we did get some deep cut Star Wars lore stuff uh, to freak out over. Uh, I my, The biggest thing for me was the invention of chain codes, which we'll talk about. Um, and getting to see a specific someone from Clone Wars again, and we'll get into that as well. Uh, it was short and sweet, and I think it focused mostly on Hunter and Omega. 
and uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So, um, so let's go over the episode. It's gonna be it's gonna be a quick one. Um, the episode starts with us discovering just who exactly Clone Force ninety nine was referring to uh, in terms of going to J nineteen, uh, with J nineteen being code for Seleucami, uh, which fans of Star Wars: The Clone Wars would know as the home away from home for the clone ar- clone army deserter Cut uh, and his wife Sue. Oh, and their two kids. Let me see if I can get this right. Shia and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the well planet, done. we see Omega. Thank you. On the planet, we see Omega uh, experience dirt for the first time, uh, <laughs> as well as as well as a sense of childhood uh, for the for seemingly the first time in her life. Um, Cut informs the troops that Rex actually passed through the day before. Uh, how convenient! And he also informs Hunter uh, of the ways that the Imperial government are already changing the travel restrictions on the planet. Um, so now they discover that they need chain codes. Uh, so guys, what did you think of the opening of this episode and getting to see Cut and Sue again? Justin, we'll start with you. Uh, you know, very much like I was saying in our, our last Watch Club, this, again, just another little Easter egg of a character to drop in to this series to help connect us to a thread. I did think it was interesting, though, that Rex was there the day before, which means that we'll probably <laughs> see Rex again uh, at some point. 100%. The paths will cross, yeah. which which is exciting. Um, yeah, but, you know, again as an exploration for for Omega to kind of see what a childhood could look like and what the world looks like outside. You know, what is this? And, uh, oh, that's oh, man. dirt. Seeing her, <laughs> seeing her experiencing dirt and, and like, because all she's ever lived with is the harsh metallic surfaces of Camino. Like, that was stormy, that. I, I said she was waters, annoying in our... Like, jeez. Right? Yeah. I, I said I, she was annoying in our last episode, and, like, this episode, she won me over with a lot of this stuff. I want to hear her take on sand, personally, because we know how, how <laughs> characters in Star Wars don't like sand. So Yeah, yeah. She ends up loving sand, right? The anti Oh, man. That's hilarious. Um, I, and another thing I want to kind of call out as well is um, I, I love seeing Wrecker uh, interact with the kids, calling having them call him Uncle Wrecker. Uh, I just thought it was such a cool thing to see a soft side of him. Yeah, I, I think that this plays into the, the Wreckers being very juvenile. His character, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think we were just offline talking about how sometimes his character can come off a bit dumb, but I think it's the immature side of him, and he is like the sort of you know the rambunctious teenage he's the child. Fun uncle. Yeah, he's the rambunctious yeah. teenage yeah. child of the group, but like obviously to to these kids, he's going to be that cool <laughs> uncle, right? Yeah, he's yeah, the Uncle right. Jesse, right? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I th- I thought it was uh, interesting too that considering. He has always shown a lot of emotion when interacting with kids in the series. Like first we had him interacting with Caleb and how much he loved his anxiety, like his energy. And then moving right, on right, to right. Omega, loving how yeah. she wants to get into trouble, basically. Like he clearly has a soft spot for kids because maybe they see eye to eye yeah, on a lot yeah. of things. Absolutely. And I got to shout out that moment when Omega looks at Hunter to see if she can go out and play. And he, he nods and approves. And I, I'm going to cry at some point in this series. I promise you guys, probably near the end, I'm going to cry my eyeballs out. Well, um, just because the, the interaction between two of them, especially in this episode, was fantastic. Yeah, and Cut has that moment with, with Hunter, you know, where he's saying, like, so who's the girl? And he's like, right. oh, just yeah. like another clone. He's like, that's... That's not Kevin Owens. Don't engineer without a purpose. So what's her purpose is what he says. So like that to me, again, is he's even noticing like, well, who who is she and what is her significance in this whole situation? So totally. And it's nice to have that parody between your characters on screen and and what the audience is going through. And um, but one thing I want to call out, though, I specifically remember Sue in the Clone Wars uh, way back when. And this was done back in a time when they were still sort of over-sexualizing 
uh, Twi'leks. So it was nice to see a more modern version of her here. I thought, I don't know. I, I, I thought that was kind of refreshing because honestly, like if you watch her in the Clone Wars, so she's got Wars, more like, of a mom holy. bod now. So she's, she's, she's got aged. more of a mom like outfit yeah. and everything. She's got the yeah. hat and everything. Yeah. She's a like, farmer. She's, she's, she's like, also she's a like, badass you know, I have sniper. Two kids, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna like, <laughs> I'm just saying, up man, and be a farmer. No, but yeah, I, I think I, that I think that speaks to the 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 change of how I think Disney is trying to portray these, I honestly think these, that that's more of a species. passage of time if anything right from young mm-hmm, to old because right. even even cut looks mm-hmm. a lot older right like he yeah, looks, his hair looks first like, going through his hair now yeah and at first hair, with, yeah. especially like the old like the the very very Amish Amish like mutton, mutton chops, chops that he has <laughs> <The mutton> right? <laughs> yeah right so yeah. so like yeah. I, I don't know if necessarily you might be reading a little too deep into it but I, I think it's more of an a, a thing to just show a passage because the kids are older too Right, they're significantly yeah, older than when we saw them in Clone Wars when Rex first met them. They were like, mm-hmm. like three or four. They were so cute, Toddlers, right? Yeah. So, yeah. right, like, um, but yeah, obviously, there's there's been some time and maybe some maturity, and uh, um, it's just nice to see that they're still around. That they were able to right. have their their little part in the galaxy, uh, their little slice of happy ending in this part of the galaxy. But now things are about to get super messed up with a galactic empire, apparently. Yeah, so they got to get out of there. Um, just really quickly, as a classic Star Wars fan, it was cool to witness the invention of chain codes. I know that's like super nerdy, um, but I just thought it was a cool moment. And honestly, those are the moments that I love from these expanded lore series, right? Just those little tiny things. In our, our last Watch Club episode, Darcy, you had this fantastic idea that the inhibitor chips is what might be causing stormtroopers to shoot poorly. Yeah. Um, so I just love, I love that if they can find ways to sort of bring in those those uh, really tiny details, it's just, it's exciting for for big nerds like us or, or yeah. geeks like us. So yeah. well, I thought cool. it was interesting too, just talking about how they're tagging all the ships and stuff like that. It, it also yeah. re- uh, makes me think of the Mandalorian about how his ship was a pre-Empire, uh, Imperial uh, era. So oh, right. it doesn't have a transponder. Yeah. It doesn't so like, have, yeah, like, yeah. Like, the empire is all about keeping track of everything in its borders, basically. So it's really, it's neat to see the origin of that, like you're saying, like where mm-hmm. it all started, basically. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, so guys, then we get back to the farm. Uh, Omega has a very scary encounter with a Nexu, uh, and Hunter recognizes that maybe, maybe he isn't the best person to take care of Omega, seeing how well Cut handles the situation afterwards. He decides to ask Cut and Sue to take care of Omega and, uh, to take her off planet. Um, Tech and Echo devise a plan to retrieve the data and chain codes needed to help Cut and his family escape, and they decide to call in their ship as abandoned uh, so that it'll get impounded, bringing them closer to the facility where the information they need uh, is. Now, there's only one big problem. Omega is aboard the ship when they <laughs> when they get uh, abor- abducted. So, you know, once they arrive, Echo manages to uh, to get the discs. Tech programs them, uh, and then they're both get they both get caught up in a battle with some regs. Omega sees this opportunity and flees with the chain codes, and then gets back to Hunter, Cut, and his family. She hands over five chips, and Hunter tells her she needs to go with Cut. Uh, after a very longing look goodbye and some tears, uh, Omega runs away from Sue and the family back to Clone Force ninety nine, where they barely make it back onto their ship and they escape. Omega reflects on her actions, and Hunter feels the same way. He tells her, if this is where you want to be, then this is where you'll stay. Uh, so that's that's basically the entire uh, episode there. Um, obviously, this episode is focused mostly on Hunter and him learning how to treat Omega. What did you think of the theming of, of sort of family and parenting in this episode? 
I got uh, a lot of three men and a baby vibes and full house type thing too, where you got a bunch of yeah. guys who have no idea how to raise a kid. <laughs> and then right. they're, they're again, feeling inferior or not worthy to raise them correctly or whatever. Uh, I thought yeah. it was cool though, that it seemed like cut and Sue almost knew where Omega wanted to be. As soon as she found out that Hunter wanted her to go with them, she right. had that reluctance about her that they picked up on clearly and let her go back to them. Yeah, um, that was nice. I thought it was, again, that the, this scene also uh, reflects the uh, clone troopers and how bad their shots have gotten uh, suddenly. Yeah. In that unarmed <laughs> close Wrecker, yeah, unarmed yeah. Wrecker was able to hold his own against like four or five of them. Like, I don't really get <laughs> where their uh, combat superiority has gone. No, I'm, in the last I'm on your weeks. theory. I'm on your theory, man. Your everything right, everything you're, you have said uh, about, like, just that statement of their inhibitor chips causing them to be a more horrible shooter and like that being almost a side effect that they never even knew about is that they're just they they suck at shooting like come on like you know they're thinking they're quick thinking they yeah. all experience are exhibited where it was clearly from their bo- uh, bounty hunter genes that's why right. they're so exceptional and you start it, like suppressing those genes oh, or those, those yeah. actions i feel like that's going to affect Django. your, your combat yeah. ability at some Listen, point Darcy, at this point, if it's not true, I'm just taking it as word. No, like if, not, if it's not true, we're going to tell canon. Lucasfilm it is true because they <laughs> no, need no, to no, be. Guys, this is the way it needs to be. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the way. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I thought, um, like, I don't know. I, I also want to just quickly mention, like, to see the battle-hardened war hero of Hunter and to see his softer side. I think, I think he sees Omega... Um, kind of as his chance at something more than the war that he's been fighting for his entire life, right? Like, I think I think he believes he would have no purpose outside of the war, so he senses that it's ending, and he knows that that she can be the purpose for him. It's all very, very sweet. Um, I just want to quickly shout out Wrecker one more time, though. When he's on the ship, and he's lifting the gonk droid, <laughs> was freaking awesome. You see its just little curling. feet wiggling in the air and it's just gonk, gonk, gonk. Like it's obviously stressed out. Um, and did I, did I, uh, did I pre-order the Lego set that includes that gonk droid? Absolutely. As yeah. did I. <laughs> awesome. Let's go. Awesome. Um, you know, I, I think there's, you're absolutely right on that point, Nate, in terms of him seeing that there's something more for him in this relationship with Omega mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and Darcy as well with this idea that they're all kind of serving as like the uncle Jesse and uncle Joey of, of the group <laughs> to really kind of yeah. influence uh, Omega and they want to do, do right by her, but especially with Hunter. And I think that juxtaposition of seeing, you know, cut with his family and how he handled it and why Hunter thought, you know what, cut would be way better at taking care of Omega than I would ever be because he is a family man. He knows what to do. Um, you know, there, there is that, that now this new challenge for him, you know, this, this new opportunity, a new skill for him to learn that is outside of, as you were saying, Nate, the war that he's been fighting all his life. Um, and with this kind of winding down and, and he doesn't really know what's, what, what the next course of events are really going to take him to your point it could be a new start for him so it'll be interesting to see how they evolve that uh another thing i wanted to point out in this episode is again it's we're, we're probably only like at best a couple weeks a few weeks out from order 66 and they've already got the paint changing like for all the imperial logo like it's gone from it's not the <laughs> uh, galactic quick, dude. republic now it's the galactic yeah. empire and they yeah. have all these borders it's like he had these plans in place for a while and as soon as order 66 was flipped he was Just like go. okay now paint everything we are now this this is how it has to be i'm just kind of surprised about how fast it turned over and how a lot of people or like in the in the galaxy were just like okay and allowing that 
Like, I think it just speaks to how many clones they actually have, how many people they have in their army to be able to just snap your fingers oh, yeah. and it's, say, because you got to imagine they're not just using clones necessarily for as as troopers, right? They're also using clones for so many other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for them to be able to just have the ability to yeah. say, yeah, well, snap my fingers, do whatever I say. Well, that was the whole point of 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 the Clone Wars to begin with, was that they, yeah. he created the threat of the droids, assuming so many different pa- planets. He put the clones in those places to protect those places. And now that he has now switched it into a galactic empire, he's now able to snap his fingers and say, okay, well now we're rolling over to a, there we a go. new, a new political system. Like it was, it's all kind of layered in there for, for it to be so immediate. Uh, Cause to your point, Darcy, he's, he's had this in, you know, in his plans quite some time. So, yeah, cool. Uh, well, guys, wrapping up our discussion on the plot, I want to know what are your overall thoughts on the episode as well as your final score for this episode? We're going to rate it on a scale of one to five chain codes. Darcy, let's start with yourself. Uh, like I said, like I said at the top of the episode, I felt like a bit of a slower show episode to me. Um, I guess I, after the the firecracker that was the first episode, I was I was hoping they'd carry the, the momentum a bit more. But again, this this does have a lot of character development, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably give it 3.5 chain codes out of five. Uh, cool. Again, I felt it felt a bit slow at some points, and I mm-hmm. felt like a lot of the story was uh, I could see it coming. You know, Omega uh, Hunter wanting Omega to go with Cut, Omega wanting to stay with Hunter, and then that their acceptance of each other. I kind of saw that all coming as it was going and happening. But uh, again, it's important character development, so I hope that they that this is a good ground grounding point for them to build off of basically yeah yeah very cool yeah uh justin yourself um uh, well first i'll the score i would give it is 100 percent a 3.5 out of five chain codes um i think th- this was a slower episode uh it did have some really good character building moments i agree with you darcy i think it could have been better if they went at least the first you know the first three episodes hardcore with like a story but again you know shifting the balance of 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 how it is they they went for character development rather than narrative it was still some good character development we see that we are going to get a solidified bond between hunter and omega and the bad batch you know they're going to be her protectors and and make sure that she you know gets out of this okay um it was it was typical clone wars uh but it still had some good moments so 3.5 out of 5 very cool yeah this episode was was definitely uh, an episode of TV, right? Where the previous episode and I think yeah. other series that we talked about from Disney Plus, um, you know, coming from Marvel, felt more like movies. Um, and this was very much a, a classic Clone Wars, slower paced, more character focused episode. Um, I don't think it'll be too memorable in the series overall, but it was uh, it was a fun look back, uh, and I, I think it really established the beginning of Hunter's connection to Omega. So. Uh, for this episode, uh, I enjoyed it, but I'm going to give it a three out of five chain. Wow, codes. you went lower yeah. than both Darcy and I. Uh, I thought yeah. you were going to hit hit three point five as well, but yeah, you went way low. Hey, it, it, yeah, I just I don't think honestly, just it, it literally was like she ran away and she came back. Like it wasn't there was not enough for me. Uh, they had to get their visas. Like it was, it was like, not that exciting. Um, they're, yeah, they're so yeah, galactic I, visas I, I so they could travel anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I 100% uh, agree with you, Justin, that I really do hope that we do get um, similar to what we had in Clone Wars, where we get sort of uh, overarching plots uh, and then maybe a few filler episodes like this. So if this was a filler, that means we get four episodes of of plot going forward. Um, I think that'll be 
quite all right with me. Again, I'm just happy to see more Star Wars Weekly. Well, how many episodes are there? I think they're saying 16, right? 16 in total. So this yeah. is the second episode. So we've got what? Uh, four, 14. 14 more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad with math. Simple I'm bad. Math. Listen. That's simple math. <laughs> simple math. That is simple math. <laughs> um, even I was like 14. Uh, yeah. and I, I'm bad at math. No, but so that's 14 episodes. And you got to think like it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see how we might have a couple more filler episodes before we get to something that's narratively hefty. Significant. Yeah. Just bring up Mandalorian there. It almost feels like this episode was uh, trying to set itself apart from Mandalorian, where Mandalorian's whole stick was, I need to find someone to protect this child. Whereas this one got it out of the way in, the, in one episode. We're going to protect this child. Okay, moving on. Sure. So I feel like sure. yeah. that, that yeah. almost was like the goal of this episode yeah. in my mind. For sure. They, they fast-tracked it, whereas like the Mandalorian took a whole season to do it. But yeah. I, I think at the same time, though, they're playing with the same thematical elements. Oh, yeah, of, totally. You know, Just going a different you know, route with it. Exactly, a hundred percent, and it's going to be interesting to see how they how they do that with this story. Well, listen. Speaking of Mandalorian, you know, at the end of these Watch Club episodes, uh, every every few episodes for this series, we're going to speculate on what we think is going to happen next in the series. And in our in our Mandalorian Watch Club, we had what is the way. Uh, and for for this uh, one, I thought we'd go a little more rogue, a little more debonair. Um, so I ask you both, <laughs> what's going to happen, batches? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not as good. I know it's not as good. But yeah. um, Darcy, what's going to happen, Batch? Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm still reeling from being called a Batch. I don't know if I should be offended or not. Um, You're a bad Batch. Well, I think clearly with the Rex name drop and him being so close to them, I feel, I wouldn't be surprised if they track him down because they yeah. they know him already. And if he is, you know, if he's come to them, he clearly is uh, has avoided the effects of the chip, at least as far as they know. So. I can right. see them having some reason to track him down. Mm. Um, outside of that, uh, I think we that we got introduced to that uh, admiral uh, or member of the navy that we haven't mm-hmm. seen before, and I have a feeling that he's going to be the uh, like the Moff Gideon of uh, the Bad Batch, trying to track them down after he oh cool interacts yeah. with them because obviously the Bad Batch is going to go around sticking their fingers where they shouldn't. So yeah, mm. oh, yeah, interesting. Well, so you think the 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 admiral that was in that projection. That projection that was talking yeah. about uh, the the chain codes and what they're going to be used mm-hmm. for, right, 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 right. Um, that's that's actually a really yeah. I didn't even think of that. I just thought of him as some sort of ancillary like uh, poster boy for the Galactic Empire. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, just, I just got that vibe. He, he looked really handsome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just yeah. got that vibe because every animated series seems to have a, an admiral or like as one of those sure. like a, yeah. a navy member as an, a baddie. Like you had. Um, Linda Price was in uh, uh, Rebels as like the, right. the Imperial baddie there, and then Thrawn. So it seems like mm. the, he could be a good admiral for the enemies, uh, for the enemy of the Bad Batch at least. Yeah, I. So you mentioned one character that I, I'm wondering if we could see here, and that is Thrawn. Um, like early, early upbringings of Thrawn. Like, wow, I, it'd we be know interesting. It would be. We know that he's going to potentially be shown in the Ahsoka series as 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 he was referenced in, in Mandalorian season two. Um, but there's a chance that we could see a younger version of him. This could be pre-Grand Admiral. He could still be rising through the ranks of the Navy with Vanto well, by his I would, side. Honestly, I think it'd be really cool to see him as a good character. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I could see him maybe you know, helping them or, or, you know, something like that. I, I think it'd be a really interesting shift of character. But he's not necessarily a good guy, but he's just helping them. Sure. He's just, he's sure. That's what I mean, though, they right? Have a, uh, yeah. Their interests align, and he would help them for that exactly. reason. Exactly. Because he's a very yeah. calculating character. Yeah. Just yeah. because the Bad Batch is very, you know, they're 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 rogues themselves, right? Well, they're listen, not necessarily. I'm gonna bad batch you, okay? All right? I'm gonna give you <laughs> my batches. Okay, batches? Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see how 
Fennec Shan gets integrated into all of this because yeah. I think very much like how we were just talking about Thrawn, if he shows up and somehow their needs align, he's able to help them. I think that's going to be the same sort of circumstances situation for for them in the Bad Batch. Well, she's a sniper, yeah. right? And who yeah. are they going up against? Another yeah. sniper that doesn't oh, miss. Oh, that's very true. They yeah. So, so that's that's a good that's a good call. Kind of cool. It's just the Omega thing that has my head scratching, and and I'm wondering if. I think I said this before. I, I'm wondering if this is either a clone of a Jedi or a clone of a clone that's even more no. enhanced. I don't know. I, I got it. I got it. Okay. okay batch, so I want to bring up a theory. Tell me, Batch. Listen, Batch. <laughs> uh, I want to bring up a theory that I thought of some of it. And then I looked up and there was some speculation on the internet and I sort of formulated and, and combined things. So Omega is the ultimate version of what the Kaminoans. Uh, are trying to achieve with clones. I think Alpha being Boba Fett and Omega is is going to be, she's the last version of the clones. And I think, you know, she has that same medallion as Nala Say, right? And uh, and and as I said in our, our last Watch Club, she's definitely clairvoyant through the Force, I think. Um, I think she's the closest thing they have to help create a new body for Palpatine. Again, um, this brings me back to my theory that I, I said when, when we were looking at the trailer for this series, I was like, oh, well, they got a little kid in there. Grogu's not in the show anymore. But now, I listen, Grogu's the new Mephisto, gentlemen, and I'm going to ride that train. <laughs> Grogu is in this show, and I think Omega is the one who saves him from the Jedi Temple. Let's go. Well, the Jedi Temple would have already fallen by this point, so I don't think <laughs> it it's doesn't work. It, it doesn't does not work. line up. I don't think she's uh, related to the Empire or Palpatine at all. Again, I feel like the Kaminoans uh, were doing this on their own accord because uh, hmm. they are they're a race that sustains themselves on cloning. Like that is yeah. how they reproduce right. essentially. So yeah, uh, I feel like this would be uh, like the, the, the you said the the, the ultimate uh, example of their cloning te- uh, technologies. Yeah, uh, like I don't think it's like the Empire knows so much about her yet. Yeah, so it's a defense it, for the Kiminoans. Yes, and I think it'll be throughout mm. the series that we see the Empire learn about her and her powers and how important or how far, far cloning has come uh, for the Kaminoans, right. and that'll lead to I Palpatine's yeah, uh, research think, into cloning. Yeah, because it's very clear that like even how how Tarkin you know just didn't acknowledge yeah, just dismissed Omega it at so all, quickly. dismissed it. Just did, I don't think you know had no had no interest in in the the cloning process. Obviously, um, you know I think that. The Empire has no awareness of of who Omega is and what her significance is, and and kind of maybe think of thinks of it as a as an experiment of theirs, right? Just there's something that they're doing. Uh, that being said, though, you know she's she's obviously showing various signs that there is something more to her. Um, so you know what that is, I look forward to finding out. I think that that's that's a huge hook for me at least thus far. Yeah. Absolutely. Another uh, thing that has me against Palpatine's awareness of uh, Omega is the fact that at this point he has just acquired uh, his strongest apprentice yet and has so much hope for him and stuff like that. And as we find out later on, the plan was almost to, to take his body or to take his power for himself. So I feel mm. like at this point in time, cloning is the last thing on Palpatine's mind. He has mm. the Death Star plans. He's just acquired the uh, Empire for himself and has his apprentice. That's he is true. Set for a while. I don't think he's looking into how can I That's extend true. my life right now. That's so. true. That's true. I, I see yeah. what you. I see what you're getting at there. I think you're right. I think hmm. his his tension wouldn't be about necessarily figuring out a, a cloning plan 
this this early on because uh, he has so much potential and so many opportunities uh, right in front of him, especially with Vader by his side. Yeah, well, I feel like at the end, of going, building on your point, I feel like the failure of that first Death Star would be like a waking up moment for him being like, sure. maybe my empire isn't infallible. Maybe infallible. I do need to have right. a backup plan. Right. So that's, right. yeah. Interesting. Hmm. That's a good point. Very interesting. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, but guys, that about wraps up things here for our second episode of Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. Oh, and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts and predictions, you know, am I right? Is Omega going to travel through time and save Grogu? I think it's going to happen. Um, you know, <laughs> you can write in. Uh, listen, you don't have to fight off a Nexu. Instead, you can just email us. Um, but. The only problem is, Justin, I, I don't seem to have my chain code. Can you just let them know how to reach us? Uh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. I did it like the narrator. Like the narrator. I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we have you introduce the next one. That would be one great. thing I was disappointed about this episode was we got no, no narrator intro. Well, listen, hopefully we'll get that next time. Uh, keep in mind, um, we also have our standard episodes of the Geek-Centric Podcast out now with our latest episodes where we discuss the new lightsaber coming to Disney Parks, the incredible Phase 4 trailer, and our, th- our thoughts on the three of the year's biggest movies so far. Uh, so make sure to check that out as well. Edit joints. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Watch Club. And as we say, good, good soldiers, soldiers follow, follow orders. orders.